Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgham. And I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. On each episode of The Pillars, we find a brief resilience topic so you can practically fix any potential roadblocks you encounter and finish a better wingman, airman, and leader. So let's dive into today's topic. So today we're talking about mindfulness and meditation. And these are linked concepts, but they actually are both very different. And uh, Chaplain Bridgham, you have some thoughts about meditation that, uh, from your spiritual perspective, I think are pretty poignant and applicable. Yeah, I think so. Meditation has really changed my life. I want to point out, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, that meditation is different from prayer. Prayer is something that's common in our culture. We see it often. Meditation, at least in the West, isn't seen as much. Sometimes it's only parodied on television or Mm -hmm. cartoons even as something where an aloof person does. And that's really the exact opposite. So you mentioned that meditation is different from prayer. Um, Can you delve a little bit more into that distinction? Because I think a lot of people are very familiar with prayer. And and we probably, if I were to guess, have a lot of listeners who come or uh, engage in prayer on a regular basis. Yeah. So, so what's the difference between prayer and meditation? So, to come from a maybe a multi spiritual uh, view, a pluralistic view that is, you'll see prayer is talking to God or the universe, mm-hmm. whereas meditation is receiving from God or the universe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just quieting yourself and listening. And so, the benefit of it is that it's just slowing down, stopping, and just having a moment of being. And if you look at great aesthetic leaders throughout time, they've had this practice. And what we found in recent research is that those highest performers across any discipline have a regular meditation practice. Hmm. Even people who, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, had one at a time and now uses it as part of his workout. These people who you don't associate with meditation are there. And in doing research for this, some of the companies that have a meditation program are like Apple, Google, Yahoo, Procter & Gamble, and Nike. These are not small companies. They are making a big impact in many different fields. And and what is the benefit of some of these larger organizations having a meditation component? One of the biggest things is attention. Um, You can focus a lot easier once you train your mind to focus. Another is a sense of community. People who meditate regularly, especially with other people, feel connected to others around them, even when it maybe it doesn't seem like they would for any other reason. Hmm. And so between that attention, that connection, and also enthusiasm and a sense of meaning. And so as a chaplain, why I will often tell people, hey, go home and meditate. Go home and try a meditation practice. Hey, why don't you take two <laughs> minutes and meditate? The reason I do that is because that sense of meaning, it tra- changes your job or your J-O-B into a calling, a vocation. Hmm. And it's interesting, um, as an example of this, is I, um, while I was in seminary, I left the Air Force, went to seminary so I could come back as a chaplain. And I'm there cleaning toilets. I'm cleaning toilets in a really not so great uh, counseling center. It was for youth. It was absolutely disgusting, mm-hmm. low-income youth. And I still remember one morning I came in and, and I walk into the bathroom and it was just a disaster. It was a horrible situation. And I'm cleaning this thing and I'm thinking to myself while I'm there is what can I learn from the situation? Because initially, my initial thought was, I'm going to quit. I'm going to walk out. Sure. But I said, I need to clean the center because it's going to, if I have a clean environment for these kids, they might get the counseling they need to improve. So I'm cleaning these toilets and I'm thinking, well, what does this teach me? Well, as I'm meditating on that and thinking it over and, and cleaning up horribleness, I'm thinking that's what you do as a pastor. That's what you do as a chaplain. That's what you do as a psychologist. We help people clean up their lives. And there's a lot of like 
dare I say, crap in their lives. <laughs> and we have to help them clean it up to get to a point where they can live, um, that they can have a safe place. And it might seem that's a long, a big stretch, but it's the meditation mindfulness teaches you that in those still moments, those moments that uh, you could get angry, those moments that seem insignificant, that they have great significance, and that they're teaching you lessons for a lifetime. That is a great example, and I, and I like how you frame that in terms of the connection to the bigger picture, because meditation isn't just sitting and thinking, right? We're not just sitting there and hoping that these great insights will come to us all of a sudden. You're, you're sitting, and you're accepting, and you're listening. You're open to, to receive what God or the universe has to say to you. And sometimes that can lead to uh, great transcendent moments where you recognize your role that you play and the things that you uh, do, how they're connected to this bigger picture. Uh, we actually call that transcendence. And that can be a very powerful thing when it comes to finding that uh, internal, that intrinsic motivation to do what you do and to take pride in what you do. And in that way, actually bring it to the next level. So it's not just something I think that uh, can help calm you down, but it's actually something that can help you optimize, become uh, one of the best people that you're capable of being. And where it helps me, I know in my job at least, and it might help an analyst who's listening, is sometimes I'm going from task to activity to task. Just like any other career field, we get these taskers or short notice events. I just had one before I came in. Got to get this done by 2 o'clock mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Well, that's fine, but what it does is it teaches you to have a different response. So in the morning, how it works and how it would work in that tasker example is I get out, out of bed and I do my meditation. I sit down on the ground in my, my room. I would suggest anyone who starts with this to use a chair. And don't look for any postures. Just keep your back straight and relax. Just sit there and close your eyes and just focus on your breath. Now, my mind and your mind likely will run around like a crazy horse in a field. What you're doing is not trying to stop your thoughts. You're just trying to notice and acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting on the floor and I start thinking like, oh, I have a counseling appointment with this person at one. This is what's on. I go, I just feel, okay, I'm having a thought about work. I just acknowledge the thought and let it go. And that can be really hard to do because we are trained, especially in our our fast-paced culture today, um, to constantly bounce our attention from one task to the other or to multitask, be trying to do uh, a lot of different things all at once or we'll get distracted by something on our phone and now we go look at that notification and uh, our mind's now divided and we're trying to do all these different things and to slow down and to recognize some of these thoughts and focus on only on your breathing, accepting those thoughts as, as they come in, but not focusing on them, judging them, or, or otherwise delving into them. That can be really difficult. And one of the things I like to teach my, my patients when I'm working with them on meditation is to uh, use almost like a visualization technique yes. if they're having uh, difficulty managing those thoughts. So, um, for example, let's say your, your stream of consciousness is a literal stream. Think of it like a a river flowing by, and you're focusing on your breath, you're trying not to think of anything, which is extremely difficult in and of itself, and then some aberrant thought comes in about work, or about your relationship, or something going on with a family member, or or something else, finances, uh, whatever it could be that's, that's on your mind. Turn that thought into a leaf, and watch as it just floats down from the air onto the stream and watch as the stream just carries it away. You're not focusing on it, you're not uh, buying into it, and you're not letting it to envelop your mind. You're just acknowledging its presence and then allowing it to go its way. I love that. 
I use visualization a lot in my meditations as well, and it does help, especially if you have a very busy mind. Sure. Now, there's a few things to suggest as well. If people practically want a guided meditation, they can contact me. I've recorded one. You get what you pay for. Ha, ah, it's free. <laughs> but you can also get some from other services. I often run into people who have Amazon Prime accounts. You can download guided meditations there for free. There's an app called Calm, which is free. Headspace is one as well. There's a number of apps out there that can help you to get a guided meditation which teach either visualization or just straight meditation but at its basic form that focusing on your breath makes an impact and it's a huge impact actually there's some research that we found about uh, the neuroplasticity in your brain and initial research is showing it can actually help regulate the attention emotion and self-awareness of every person who does this with even as little as five minutes Mm -hmm. which is huge so for those out there who may be wondering, why would I use this? Well, it can improve just about everything in your life. And it's uh, it's not some um, panacea. panacea right. But there are some, there's research, we even came into this, that has an effect if you're uh, taking a mood-altering uh, medication, that it can either enhance that effect or even mm-hmm. under your doctor's orders. And I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one <laughs> in the podcast, but under, to even replace it in some cases with the help of your physician. So it yeah. has a huge impact. Yeah, I mean, not getting too too deep into the uh, neuropsychology of it. Um, meditation is used with a lot of different people for a variety of different mental health conditions, even with children who have ADHD. So uh, you parents out there who have a hyperactive kid who maybe doesn't have uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, uh, you may think, well, you know, how am I going to calm my kids down to, to get them to sit still and just meditate? Well, this skill has actually been taught to kids who are even more hyperactive uh, and impulsive than the average kiddo running around. And uh, the initial research has shown that it can not only help them focus and concentrate better in school, but it helps them, uh, it teaches them to self-manage and to self-regulate. When they get anxious or really strung up, uh, they can calm themselves down and bring themselves back to center. So it's something that, you know, if if kids can learn to do this skill, it's definitely something that we can apply. And I think just about everybody can benefit from it. Let's say you're uh, stressed out at work, you got a million things on your plate. Uh, that's not going to bode well for whatever else you have to get done at that one point in time. You'd actually probably probably be in a better position to sit, do about five minutes worth of meditation, and then approach that next, next task with a clear mind. If you've got a big presentation or briefing you're, you're about to give and you're feeling kind of anxious about that, I um, encourage you to find a nice quiet place where you can sit back, uh, relax, do some deep breathing, and meditate on your breath. And you'd be surprised at how calm and relaxed you feel going into that event. And there are long, long-term benefits, I'll tell you. I've done this pretty much every day for quite a while now, years, and I've noticed that when I've had to respond to some really big tragedies, that I am so much calmer, and it's noticeable to even family members. And I have, just to bring your point and accentuate it, that I have tested this on my kids, and like, well, let's do a guided meditation <laughs> on single-digit ages, and it's really interesting, nine and six, uh, when I, actually there were eight and five when I tested this, they very open to it, and I said, well, what did that feel like? And I, that was awesome. Hmm. And it was really neat to see how it impacted them. And I don't do it regularly enough with them to see what uh, the long-term benefits are, but I just want to tell you that you can do this once you try it. Well, we all need a break, and um, sometimes we will seek something that excites our senses as a break. You know, a candy snack here, or 
um, you know, something enjoyable that we like to do uh, for fun, you know, maybe watching a movie at home or, um, you know, special time with the, the kids or the spouse. Um, this is something that, uh, in the absence of all that sensory input, can actually be just as relaxing. I agree. So what takeaways should we take from today's episode? Well, I think there's a number of different things. I mean, aside from just meditation is good. Uh, I mean, to jump in here, I think it's the idea of just trying to slow down and to slow down intentionally throughout the day. So for me, it would be suggesting maybe give it a five-minute meditation. Why don't you give it a go for a week and see how it's impacting you. Wake up five minutes earlier, try it first thing in the morning. Habits are great, especially if you do them first thing. Ideally, a habit's formed after about three to four weeks, depending on who you read. So giving it a go just for five minutes in your day. Try to do it consistently. And then when you encounter a stressful event, a brief stressful event, I would just do this. Focus on your breath. Just go. And I've told people who come in my office, when I'm transitioning, sometimes I have appointment, appointment, appointment. I'll just stop and focus on my breath. And now you know that. So if you come in my office, you'll notice that I do it. But I'll tell you, it helps me to give you full attention when I have someone in the office or give full attention here when I'm just running from that tasker to this. It allows me to transition well and to be fully present for this time. So I think just giving it a go. I mean, what's five minutes going to cost you? Sure. Really, five minutes, that's what it'll cost you. Ha! But then ultimately, just try it for a few weeks if you can, at least a week. And uh, the second thing is just slow down your day as much as you can and avoid those distractions. I promise you, you'll be more effective in almost every area of of life if you just implement this one thing. Great. Uh, I think those are great tips. And if you have any questions about this um, or if you'd like to learn more about how to uh, do meditation on your own, maybe you tried it once or twice and didn't really seem to get something out of it, please uh, reach out to us. We'd love to uh, offer you a bit more uh, insights into how you can apply this and maybe work with you on developing a uh, meditation uh, pattern or routine in in your life to uh, find ways that it'll work for you and your lifestyle. Yeah. And as always, we want to thank you for what you do. We know what you do is not easy, and it's hard every day, and it's difficult to work these long hours, and yet you do it so well. So we want to thank you for what you do. And again, if you need any support at all, come find us. And if you like this podcast, also, we'd appreciate if you want to give us a rating on iTunes or send us an email so we know you're listening to it and like it. That helps. All right. So until next time, I'm Dr. Jerry Walker. And I'm Chaplain Jim Burgeon. Have a great Air Force Day. Bye.